everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. Today we are going to be discussing Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, but before we get into that, what's up? <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely exhausted. I just got done with an all-day trip. I played putt-putt. I went to two fantastic restaurants. I made Blue absolutely jealous with the pictures I sent her of said food. Yes, I'm jealous. Also... In honor of you, I used your color golf ball to play putt-putt with. Nice. Yeah, I used a lavender ball. I was like, Blue would appreciate this. I would. That's very confusing to people who don't know that the full gamer tag and or voice acting name that I go by is Blue Lavender. Everyone else is just like, you didn't use a blue ball? Duh, you know, for the memes. (laughs) But yeah, it's funny because my name is Blue, but I go by lavender. That's the color I use for everything. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm wearing lavender, but I have a blue glass of water in front of me. I have a blue bottle of water to my left. Mm-hmm. But also, some of the cloak I got you is lavender. I made sure of that. Nice. In fact, I think it was the joggers, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. That's I, not the way my brain works. I can't. I think the color of the thing that I got you is mint, but you don't know what that thing is yet, so I'm keeping it a secret. I have no clue <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I, think, I think you're going to be super excited. I am very excited. Mm -hmm. On the note of excitement, so the new Resident Evil came out yesterday at time of recording. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down and streamed that yesterday, and you know what I had to do? What? I had to break out Prickles. Oh. I had to to break out the cactus plush to keep me safe. Oh. Do, Do you remember the Visage streams where I would just like have Prickles just stuffed in front of me hiding behind the webcam? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I had to I had to break that out again. It didn't it didn't feel right to play a horror game without prickles around. Yeah, so how did it go? Was it fun? It's a lot of fun. It really feels like a love child of Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 4. So okay. psychological thriller and shooty shooty bang bang all just nice. meshed well into one. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So far. Nice. It's been a lot of fun. Other than that, I'm stressing out about fucking job interviews. I've got two different interviews on Monday, so life is life is fucking wild right now. Mm-hmm. But that that's enough about me. How are you? I'm okay. I've been pretty sick the past few days. Luckily, it's it's not COVID or anything. It's just migraines. And uh, but I I because of that because I couldn't do anything with like lights or electronics or anything. I I've picked up a new book. Oh. Yeah. It's um. It's, I think it's called The Unexpected Apprentice, or like the, yeah, The Something Apprentice is like unexpected, or I can never remember titles of anything. It's a good book. It's based on a, it's a fantasy. It's based on a young, like half elf, halfling, half human, small, I can't remember the name of the species, like small, like elven looking, but like half the size of a human. I can't remember what they call it though in the book young girl who goes on an adventure to become this wizard's apprentice and to learn magic. It's really cool. But it is so much like The Hobbit that I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is a Hobbit knockoff. Every time I read it, I'm like, a, a new section comes back and I'm like, okay, well, that that's, all, that's just slightly changed Hobbit. Oh, well, that's just slightly changed Lord of the Rings. 
Like, it's, it's so much like it. It's really, really good, and the literature isn't as difficult because it's so much more modern. So I feel like it's one of those books that, like, if you have a young teen or something that wants to get into the into reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, but their reading comprehension isn't quite there yet to be able to read something that is that little bit older, uh, this would be a really good, like, stepping stone <laughs> to mm-hmm. reading that. Um, it's a really good book. It's just, yeah, every time I read it, I'm like, yeah, this is another... Th- uh, it's It's... Just, it's more of the Hobbit. Mm -hmm. But I like the author, so and the author has a lot of other books, so I like the way that it's written, so I want to see if, read some of the other books, and maybe this one was just one of the ones where a publisher was like, hey, you need to give us a book, and the writer was like, well, here is a thing, but it's not like a passion project as much? I'm not sure, though. I don't know. That's just speculation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, other than that, I haven't really done much. Well, boo. I know. Just kidding. Sounds like you've, at least picking up a new book is fun. Yeah. I did some sketching the other day. Oh, how did mm-hmm. that go? What did you sketch? Uh, Dandelion. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to this year, I think, throughout spring, because our season is so short here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to, like, draw something in the garden that springs up every time I see like a new thing because we have quite a lot of plants that we plant obviously um, and quite a lot of things that regrow every summer Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to like whenever I see the first of something like the first dandelion eventually the first poppy the first strawberry the first you know everything like that I'm gonna try and like draw it as is because I want to get better at like drawing from reference but the reference isn't still Mm -hmm. because a lot of the references that I've worked with previously have been photographs or um, other sketches or other pieces of artwork or, you know, like an apple on a table that doesn't move. So Mm -hmm. I want to try and get better at using a reference that is constantly moving and changing and just trying to take those fundamentals and put something together with it without it being still life, you know? Understandable, understandable. Mm. That's definitely, it's definitely a good avenue to try to pursue. Is that what I'm yeah. trying to think of? Sure, let's go with that. I can yeah. use words. <laughs> <laughs> and aesthetically, I really love those old like journals of like explorers and and gardeners and herbalists and stuff, where they'd have like those pencil sketches of plants and animals and things like that, and then their little like scratched notes next to them. Mm-hmm. It's like an old leather-bound journal with all of these sketches and, and notes. And I was like, I want to create one of those. I want to have one of those. I mean, honestly, go for it. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I've it's already like a got diary, a family grimoire, so why not add that? <laughs> exactly. Why not? It's like a little heirloom that you can just yeet somewhere and be like, oh, it has been passed down through generations. Yes. Do you have anything that's like a family heirloom? No. We have two. Oh? Yeah, my, my dad's signet ring it was my granddad's signet ring, which is like a male pinky fing- finger ring. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's charm bracelet, which is now my charm bracelet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have a little snowboard charm and a little piano charm that have been added since I have gotten it. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, and it's not like one of those ones that has the beaded charms that are really popular now. It's one of the ones that has the dangly charms. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Super fancy then. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get them nowadays, though, the, the charms that go on them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my mom seems to find it somehow. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's not necessarily a bad thing by any means. Oh, no, yeah. 
I don't wear it often because it's kind of obnoxious, but mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do like it. On occasions, I wear it. Nice little, like, jewelry type aesthetic. Yeah. yeah for it's... more of like a formally situation type thing. Mm -hmm. Not something you'd probably want to wear on a, you know, casual day around the house or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it catches on everything. It's the kind of thing that I wear when it's like my birthday or Christmas or we go out to dinner or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, it's occasion. quite a statement because it like jangles. <laughs> but that's more fun, though. It is, yeah. Be like a Morris dancer. Yeah. Yeah. So shall we, shall we get into some news? I'd love to hear some news. So, Demon Slayer over the weekend has reached number one in America in the box office. Nice. Much, much deserved. Mm-hmm. So good. I can't, I can't wait to have you sit down and watch it whenever it finally releases digitally. Yeah, it's I'm so good, mate. I want to go back to the theaters and watch it again. I wish I could go back to the theaters, but um, yeah, Alberta is sucking. Big time in the I was corona. about to say, y'all are actually going into lockdown again, aren't you? Yeah, we're going into lockdown again. Alberta has long since been considered the Texas of Canada. Uh-huh. It, it is... There's a lot of anti-maskers and, uh, yeah, a lot of people... There's There have been talks about Alberta leaving Canada and wanting to become part of America. Um, <laughs> it's... It's a thing, uh, not a thing that I agree with personally. <laughs> I think it's a really silly idea, considering Alberta is landlocked. I um, mean, not only that, but I don't think they realize how inconvenient that would be for y'all. Yeah, super inconvenient. Because although you could travel to and from the U.S. at that point without passports, mm -hmm. you could not go into any other province in Canada without one. No. And, so that's uh, that's not wise. It's like if Texas were to ever secede from the U.S. Like, just the fact that they would have to come up with their own energy, which we saw how well that went whenever they had that freeze back in February. Yeah. Not only that, but they would be import taxed on anything coming in or out of there. Mm-hmm. Just, it's not wise. Yep, yeah, and it's <coughs> it's all to do with, like, oil country, because obviously Alberta is very much oil country. Mm -hmm. But the industry is very quickly dying, and you need to have a, a replacement for that, because people aren't buying Alberta oil like they used to, because people aren't buying oil like they used to, and that's not going to pick back up again when the economy picks back up, because people are investing in renewable resources. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, the, it, there's a, Alberta was used to making a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money. And it's never going to make that kind of money again from the oil. And I think people are having a hard time adjusting to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> because of that, there's a lot of anger at the government. And because of that, because there's anger at the government, then... Everything the government says is wrong, obviously, because if one thing is wrong, then everything is wrong. And uh, yeah, so then people are not wearing masks, people are not enforcing mask policy, people are not staying at home when they should, people are, yeah, being rather obnoxious, not getting vaccines. There's a big anti-vaxxer group here. <laughs> yeah. uh... There are protesters that have been on the side of the street the entire quarantine period, like from the 2019, end of 2019, they've been standing on that street corner 
I'm like, do you ever go home? Don't, don't you have lives? Yeah. Talking about, you know, all lives matter, no immigrants, anti-masks, you're all sheep, etc., etc. Pretty much anything you could think of. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, is a statement <laughs> to make. Uh-huh. Yeah, so because of that, Alberta's is not doing good at all with with corona and um uh, yeah i don't know it's we're i think at worse numbers than the states right now here in alberta mm-hmm. and and yeah uh, i mean i don't want anybody to get sick <laughs> like that's just it <laughs> i just don't want anybody to be ill so mm-hmm. can we just cooperate please just let's get this shit back under control yeah let's get it taken care of get vaccinated because yeah. it's the same as fucking polio, chickenpox, the plague, yeah, hepatitis, yeah, whatever. Just get get your damn shots, please and thanks. Yeah, and I mean it's like I haven't left my village really, <laughs> except mm-hmm. for medical purposes when I went to the city to in like like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm 23. This is the prime of my life. Let me leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I I totally get it. So hopefully with vaccines becoming more readily available and especially you going and getting vaccinated, what about the rest of the fam? Is everybody else gonna be getting yeah. theirs as well? Yeah, uh I know that my brother is probably gonna get vaccinated the same time that I do. My parents are both eligible, so um as well, so they, they should go and get theirs as well soon. Um, and I'm trying to get my, my parents to also both get their um, shingles vaccine at the same time. I'm like, you're going for a vaccine? Just go get a shingles one too. Mm-hmm. Um, because neither of them have done that. And I'm like, go, please, just get... You didn't have a chickenpox vaccine because you had chickenpox when you were small. So just go get <laughs> your shingles vaccine. You're already there. You're already going to get an injection. Just get it too. Yeah, shingles is fucking worse than chickenpox. It's so bad. And it's both your- of my, uh, on both sides of my family, um, a grandparent has had shingles, so. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, my, my grandma had it, my nan had it when she was like 92. Oh, no. Yeah. Because I think she's 95 this November. Mm-hmm. Still kicking it. She's, her mom lived to be 101. She's currently at 95. I am planning on beating both of them. Gambate. Yeah, so, because I think um, her her mum before that was 99, so I think it's been 99, 101, and currently at 95. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I gotta win, you know? I might make it to half of that. (laughs) You're gonna make it well past half of that, dude. I don't don't know, mate. Yeah, big goals. I mean, I'm, I'm starting small, okay? I gotta, I gotta get in cosplay shape before you know we, mm. before we discuss making it past fifty. <laughs> At least to eighty. That is minimum. That's all I'm taking. Minimum. So what I'm hearing is, is that you want me to pester the fuck out of you for another sixty years? Yeah. You, you poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have my condolences early. <laughs> eighty minimum. It's what I'm taking. If you don't, if you don't reach there, I'm gonna be thoroughly disappointed, and I'm gonna put it on your headstone. But. The list of what's going to go on my tombstone just continues <laughs> to grow. You're going to need a monument to fit it all in. Um, only a monument would be fitting of someone <laughs> of my ego. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That's also going on the monument. 
perfect. Oh my god. It's so it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So next piece of news. Overlord is officially getting a fourth season and a film. So listen, we can't get any more all out because Madhouse refuses to do another season of it. However, it has signed on to do a fourth season and a film of an isekai. You're welcome. Yeah, I want more all out, please and thank you. But hey, we're getting more Overlord. That's fun. That is fun. But like, come on, rugby. But come on, isekai. But come on, rugby. Isekai. Rugby, rugby, rugby. Look, we've both come to the understanding that ReZero was better than all out, therefore isekai. Yeah, but how many? How much more saturated is the isekai genre than the rugby genre? Rugby is not a genre. Sports yes, it is a is. genre. Sports is a genre. Rugby is a subcategory. No, rugby is an entire genre. So is swimming and diving and football and American football and baseball. Leave in the comments who's right and who's wrong with this debate. <laughs> Uh, fine, I recede. <laughs> as as it should be. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Overlord is a really interesting show for me because it's definitely not the first isekai I watched. However, it is the first one to where I think the overpowered main character is done extremely well. Mm-hmm. Although, where the show ended with season three, I'm curious to see how season four is going to go, because season four is going to pick up exactly where season three left off. Mm -hmm. And then the film is going to be taking place during the, I believe it's the Holy Kingdom arc. So I don't, I don't know. Up to this point, I haven't even heard of the Holy Kingdom in the story, so who fucking knows? Who knows? But I'm intrigued. Overlord is fun. I can't wait to see where it goes with Ainz and the gang. Mm. And finally... Probably the biggest piece of news to come out of this podcast today. It was initially leaked yesterday at time of recording on Toei's website that a new Dragon Ball Super film was going to be coming next year. Mm-hmm. Well, Toei has now officially confirmed that it will be coming next year, and good old Akira Toriyama has even confirmed that he is having a major involvement with the film as well. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Just every time I hear there's more new Dragon Ball, the little kid in me is like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Broly was great. I'm a, I'm going to have to figure out a way to get you through Super <laughs> to where you can watch the new film when it comes out. I'll just have to binge it. But we got to like make a podcast out of it though. Yeah. I will compile a set of episodes that will cover each individual arc. And then we can do, like, podcast episodes of just about arcs. Mm, sounds good. Because it's no more than, I think, like, 20, 25 episodes per arc, because there's only 131 episodes in Super. Mm-hmm. So, I can I can make it work. We can, yeah. I've we still got totally to get you to finish Prince of Tennis. There just has to be a way to find it, because Hulu only has 25 episodes. Yeah, and it's so rude. Rude. We also got to finish Haikyuu, because we haven't done season four yes and season four is interesting because that's the one that happened during uh covid lockdowns and stuff so there's um Mm -hmm. yeah some animation differences there well the animation difference is because it changed directors yes but i think because the director i think there's also an episode specifically where the animation just 
falls apart. You told me about this episode, but I haven't yeah. seen said episode. I think it's like, yeah. what, episode 13 out of the new season Something or some like shit that. like that? Something like episode that. Episode 9, 13, I don't know, some shit. It makes me wonder if at some point um, production houses are going to go back to these, because it's a couple of of shows where it's just like one episode that they've outsourced. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're going to go back and reanimate those episodes. I mean, to do it for like DVD releases and stuff, it makes mm-hmm. total sense to go back and do it. Mm-hmm. But as far as streaming services and stuff like that goes, probably not. Yeah, no. Just reboot Dead Man Wonderland and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. Especially Dude. those last three episodes. Fucking yeah. hell. What What was it? Oh, it was The Promised Neverland that we watched where they just wrapped so much shit up in like two episodes. Yeah. Or an entire season of just wrapping up just hundreds of chapter of manga. Yeah, they mu- uh, the only thing I can think of with that is that they, they got called and was like, hey, <laughs> corporate says no more. <laughs> so wrap it up. No, no more for you. No more for you. So accounting says it's not in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of not in the budget, but going to happen anyway. So I told you about new truck, right? Yeah. So you know how vehicles come with like airbag safety stickers on the visor? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about replacing mine. Okay. Check that out. Put on your seatbelt. I'm going to get burned. Yes. It's Sasha. I love it so much. But also, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. I love it. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's it. That's all I got for news. Cool. Well, can say that Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is rated a PG thirteen. I can see it. Mm-hmm. It's got some. It's got some very adult themes in it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is also a manga. It was written by Cool Kyushinjia. Cool Kyushin. Yeah. Jia. Sure. And published by Futabasha. And it ran from May 25th of 2013 to present for a total of 10 volumes. Mm-hmm. There is a spinoff manga for Kana's Daily Life, who is our adorable lolly dragon for the show. Mm-hmm. That is still running as well from December 24th of 2016 to present for a total of eight volumes. Mm-hmm. The show was directed by Yoshihiro Takemoto. And, of course, it's Kyoto Animation, and I love how you get, like, just those little hints of Kyoto in there. Mm Because this is not your stereotypical Kyoto Animation title, by any means. No. But just those little moments where you can truly see Kyoto just shine through in it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it so much. I think you, you a fantastic example of that is the opening scene of the very first episode. Not only that, but the OP, whenever it shows Toru looking at Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. And like just the way the shading is done, the way they do shading in the show is just mwah, masterful. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of shading. And just the way they do it is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. So the original run for the show ran from January of 2017 through April of 2017 for a grand total of 13 episodes plus an OVA. Mm-hmm. Which on Crunchyroll, they count as like 14 episodes. So if you're watching it on Crunchy, like the OVA is just included in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with that as well, season two has officially been announced. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I need more. I, this was a fun watch. Yeah. I like how each episode is kind of split up into two small segments. I guess there's a couple where it's like a full continued storyline. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like you get two episodes in one. It's linear, but it's like broken up. So it's good for your brain to like take a break. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Is that all the background? That's all the background. Cool. So before we get into it um, too much, I will just say that there are some themes in there that might make people uncomfortable. There was a couple comments on Crunchyroll um, for a couple of the episodes where people commented on how uncomfortable they felt, and I felt a little uncomfortable in a couple sections as well, specifically to do with the character Shota and Lukoa. Their, their interactions with each other. So just to let you know that there is a, a, yeah, there's no easy really way to say it, but a little bit like sexualization of an elementary school student that, yeah, just made a couple people uncomfortable. So just be aware of that. I, I don't know if it's like a full-on trigger warning or whatever, but I, I felt like it, it's important to say that the humor is for a specific kind of person. Yeah, it is very... It's very fan servicey for just like one small like bit of the fan base. Yeah. But it is definitely there. Yeah, it's mainly in cuz like I said how the the episode is broken up into two segments. In between those two segments and right at the very end are the little like little tiny shorts that are probably just about 30 seconds long um that feature like side characters or people that you don't see very often throughout the show and it's mainly during those sections that it it happens occasionally it happens in a main part of an episode but it is the the worst parts i find where those jokes are considered uh are, are like more prominent i find are in those small sections so it is possible to kind of skip through it a little bit and you won't miss anything if you do want to give it a watch um and you're not sure if it'll make you uncomfy but i did see in the comment section i thought it was worth mentioning that it has made people uncomfortable yeah Yeah, so it's based around, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is based around a young working adult in Japan, Miss Kobayashi, who um, on one night uh, meets a dragon who she then befriends and comes to live with her named Toru. And uh, she takes in the role of Miss Kobayashi's maid. And it's just shenanigans of Toru finding out how the human world works, Toru's other dragon friends coming to the overworld and staying with them, and uh, learning the ways of the world as well. And um, just, yeah, little little skits and sketches um, of them interacting with each other. It's a very simple storyline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spoiler chicken hat. Yeah, so let's jump right into it with the first episode where we meet Miss Kobayashi and Toru ends up on her front step and we learn that uh, she invited her to stay because she was very drunk. Which is hilarious. It is. Uh, Just the fact that we had to wait till the last episode to see the scene (laughs) of how it all takes place, but my goodness, it's, (laughs) it's great, man. It is. Just their initial interactions are fun as well. I know, I know. And and Toru leaving and feeling so sad in her ears. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But when Toru's (laughs) leaving and she's all sad, doll. Aw, poor Toru. One thing I'm confused about is how her tail works. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, because the 
Uh, I mean, first of all, the physical anatomy of it kind of confuses me because her butt looks normal, but then all of a sudden there's this thick tail. I'm like, is it giant tail? Yeah, but it doesn't seem to attach to like her lower back or her tailbone, so I have no idea how it attaches. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Because it seems like it would attach to her upper thighs, but then I have no idea how that works. Also, the fact that she keeps trying to feed it to Miss Kobayashi. Yeah, and it's poisonous. It's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Doesn't it hurt? I don't know. Okay. Uh, This is an all-powerful dragon. I doubt it would hurt. Yeah. Oh, and in the first episode as well, um, you see Toru having a nightmare of, of... how she ended up where she was in the overworld. And that was mm-hmm. sad. That was sad. That was sad. But also just that little interaction of Miss Kobayashi just being like, that's okay. Yeah, it's one of those things that initially, right off the bat, gives the characters a really good connection to each other. Mm-hmm. And shows equal understanding. Kobayashi's really a good character in the sense of like, she does has have character growth, but it's so subtle that you like it's not like a a preaching moment if you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's subtle but even then like it's also interesting to see that she notices that she's had that character development as well mm-hmm. so it's really interesting to see how it all kind of plays out especially with stuff like that yeah and then we also meet uh takia in this episode as well when they end up going out for drinks and they meet toru and Kobayashi strips her in the restaurant. Oh my god, yeah. She's like, this isn't an actual maid uniform. This is a disgrace. And yeah. just the fact that they're both secret maid otaku. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Takuya's um, physical transformation every time he puts on his glasses cracks me up. Oh my goodness, and you never see him actually put on the glasses. He just gets drunk and boom, swirly glasses. Yeah, and his teeth. Yep. Like, what happens to his teeth? Why does he turn into a rabbit as soon as he puts on his glasses? I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's all shenanigans. It's great. It is. It is. Him and Fafner are my, are, are my ship of the show. Uh, 100%. Yeah. But also, like, how, how can you not love Kobayashi and Toru, though? Yeah, they are really cute. It, it's adorable. It's all just an adorable dynamic. Yes. Also, Kana and Bugs. <laughs> Or anything that moves, for that matter. Yeah. Cicadas. Crunchy. (laughs) That butterfly that was on her finger. Uh Uh-huh. Or the crab for the beach episode, which, Uh by the way, this show does have a beach episode. This is the first time we've had a beach episode since, what, Darling and the Frogs? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, beach episode Mm -hmm. for the first time in, like, half a year. And, um, Lucoa's boobs. (laughs) Yeah. Just, they're a whole character on their on their own. Yeah, like, they might as well have had voiceover lines. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> also, like, just the boobs in the show in general. Yes. Just so like, inconvenient. It's... They look inconvenient. They really do. Like, doesn't that hurt their backs? Yeah. Not only that, but whenever Kobayashi asks Toru, like, what size are those? She's like, D for dragon. <laughs> oh my god, this show. So anyway, episode two... Uh, is the shopping district purse snatcher. We also gain Kana, Kana acquired in the ep- in this episode, and we get to see Kana's dragon as well, which is so fluffy and cute and adorable. It really is. Like, it's an adorable dragon. Also, Toru just 
pimp slaps the hell out of a dude that steals a purse. Mm-hmm. That whole that whole scene was epic, man. I love how she's like the famous person of the shopping district. <laughs> right? Like everybody knows her. Everybody's giving her discounts and free shit and all that other fun stuff. And then she was just like, Can I can I get him? Yeah. And then just like shoots off, just whips around and just slaps his ass into the ground. Yep. How did that dude not die? I was gonna say that's like Every rib is broken, your spine is shattered, your skull is fractured, your hips are broken. Like, well, I mean, for the scene, like, it shows him, like, just get smashed through the concrete, but then it yeah. cuts to him lying there and the concrete's perfectly fine. Yeah. So it's like they do it for aesthetic to, like, show, like, how hard he hits, but then he's just fine. Mm-hmm. The ground is fine. It's great. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that Kana, the way she gets her mana back is by plugging into a wall <laughs> socket with her tail. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's really cute. And so smart as well. I don't think I've ever seen anything to do with like an electric user just plugging themselves into an outlet. Right? Well, typically it's a fantasy world where like electricity doesn't exist because it's all candles and shit. Yeah, I'm trying to think of in um, My Hero... He doesn't plug himself in, though, does he? No, because I think that would fry his brain. Yeah, I was going to say, he produces so much himself that he... he <gasps> Could you imagine if Armstrong, like, stuck his finger in a socket <laughs> in full metal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's something I want to see. Like, his yeah. handlebar mustache just shoots straight up and gets frizzy. <laughs> Detective Pikachu should have. Yes. Or just Pikachu in general. Right? Like just yeah. lightning bolt tail into a socket. Into a socket. Pikachu. And then, oh my goodness, the scene of Kana and Toru play fighting. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dragon Lolly could use Kamehameha. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're just play fighting. You had to go into another dimension. Like, like not only that, but it was like lasers and Armageddon and shit. And they're just like playing. Yep. That's horrifying. Yep. And then in episode three, they end up moving to a new apartment. The noisy neighbors happen. And Fafner and Lukoa end up actually joining the party this time. This this is when we're introduced to them. Yeah. Yeah. Fafnir is the dragon that cares about nothing but murder. And the way Lukoa gets into the world is, that's yeah. a thing. Mm-hmm. Gets summoned uh, by a boy. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Luko's character, because there are some parts of her that I'm like, oh yeah, she's a really cool character. I really enjoy how she's kind of like the advice giver to um, Kobayashi and to Toru. But yeah, her relationship with with Sh- Shota is sometimes really cute and sometimes really not. Yeah, there are some times where it's like, Again, if the roles were reversed, this would definitely not make it past the boardroom. No. Yeah. And I just feel like it went it went too far. And yeah. it yeah, I don't know. It just I felt I it was uncomfortable to watch <clears throat> and I saw in the comment section that it was uncomfortable for other people to watch as well. And some people are making jokes of it and making light of it and just accepting it as it, was, it as it was. And other people verbally stated that they had dropped the show. But here on my anime list, it's given an eight even of 
nearly 500,000 users voted, so it's still very highly ranked, even with those moments throughout the show. So I don't think it's, like, deterred a lot of people from watching it, but I, I did see that a lot of people in the comments were verbally uncomfy about it. But then again, it's also, like, the people who actually write it in the comments, well, how many people didn't write in the comments at all and were fine with it and didn't even look in the comments, just went to the next episode, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it's a thing. I just think it was it was a bit extreme. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, let's take a trope and bring it all the way up to 10, yeah. in essence. Yeah. Which this show is very tropey as well anyway. It is. Yeah. I mean, like you guys have heard my my perspective on like Violet Evergarden and and stuff like that. And it is very much that kind of thing to me. I don't particularly feel like going into the hardness of it recently because there's been so much of it in in media recently as like with the Josh Duggar case and and all that kind of stuff. There's been a lot of very very dark, very very deep stuff in regards to that. So my view on it is very tired and warped and extreme right now because of all of that stuff that's been going on outside of this show. But um, yeah, so that's why I'm mainly keeping it verbally to the point of like people in the comments were uncomfy. Yeah. Mm. Um, episode four, Kata goes to school. She gets school supplies. They play dodgeball. <laughs> Their version of dodgeball is interesting. <laughs> Uh, intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Kata's relationship with the girl with the shiny forehead. <laughs> yes, Rico. Rico. I don't remember her name. All I know is shiny forehead. <laughs> yeah, so she's uh, and uh, in intense love for Kata. Uh, yes, that's putting it mildly. Yes, obsession with Kata. That's that's more accurate. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, they, they, uh, what is it? Dodge, duck, dive, dodge, and dodge? Oh, dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. There you go. In this episode. And um, they beat up some teenagers, which is always <laughs> something. But it's not just Kana, although Kana could have absolutely slaughtered them with Solo. her hands tied behind her back. Yeah. But no, it was Kana. Fafnir, Tolru, and Lukua. Yes. <laughs> and they go after teenagers. These are dragons that could breathe and slaughter these people, but instead they take a ball and probably broke all the ribs. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for that one teenage boy that was like, hey, just chill, <laughs> like the whole time. He was like, I right? don't, like, don't want to do this. Like, just, like, th this is not necessary. And then he gets the shit beat out of him. <laughs> like, oh. Sorry, dude. You, you, you poor man. Yeah, you need to choose better friends. Yeah. But Next kind of getting the school supplies learn. is so cute. Oh, especially the little backpack charm. Yeah. That was adorable. Yeah, and her being so angry and disgruntled whenever they went into the store, and it was like stuffy and old, and she's like, "I want cute stuff." It's very realistic. Yeah. Even though there's no telling how actually old Kana is. No. But how she's just acting like a child. Mm -hmm. It's great. Well, she is considered a child in dragon years. I don't know what the equivalent to that is in human years, because it's never mentioned how old any of them are. But Probably like 30 or 40. At least. I could even be like 200. I mean, I was going to say, Toru is probably hundreds of years old. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if Connor is a is hundred or so years old. But her equivalent of growth is that of a third grader. 
Part of me wants to go read the manga. Mm-hmm. Just to see. Well, it actually made me, like, curious. Because Kana in elementary school now is going to progress with... She's going to want to progress with her classmates, right? But if she's growing so much slower, will she have to, mm-hmm. like physically like magic herself age-wise to look their appearance but then mentally she's still going to be that of a third grader Mm-hmm. so yeah don't i don't know yeah i don't know how that's gonna work but i was thinking about that and i was like that's kind of sad because then she might have to like change schools every year and then she doesn't get to grow with her classmates yeah that would that would suck yeah she's like you can do like third and fourth grade and then switch schools and then just third and fourth grade and then switch schools yeah hmm but yeah, now I've made you depressed. Episode five. Sadness. <laughs> Kobayashi. We get to see Kobayashi at work. Um, we get to <laughs> the tripping the chief. <laughs> where uh, Toru goes to her work and the chief is like taking out all of his aggression on Kobayashi and requesting, like abusing his power, absolutely. And Toru is really angry about it. So he, she um, trips him up over and over and over again and it's it's a stupid skit but it made me laugh and then Fafner also moves in with Takia as well which I love they're great roommates they really are and Fafnir is so secretly adorable yes like Fafnir could potentially have run as best boy yeah honestly he's he's really he is yeah he's one of those characters that's like he, he shouldn't be adorable but he is But then Takia really is best boy. Yes. Yeah. He's just so helpful and nice all the time. Yeah. Just so chill about everything as well. It's like, hey, want to go out for a drink? Nah. Okay. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Maybe next time. Yeah. By the way, are you all right? (laughs) Yeah. He's so chill. It's, he's one of those people that you like, anytime you're feeling stressed, you want to just hang around with them because they'll just, just They'll just mellow you out. Yeah. They'll just mellow you right out. Just take all of the. The intensity way. And then this episode is also uh, where they try and bend spoons. Uh, it's a great time. Yeah, I want to I figure that out. I want to see if that's legit. That you just have it to is. find the right positioning on the spoon and you can just push it real easy and it just goes... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to try That it. is legit. Do it. Just bend all the silverware in the house. See what <laughs> mom and dad say. Yeah, they wouldn't be pleased. That'll be fine. Um, episode six. Maid bonding and kid twister. That's what I have in my notes. So we Accurate. get to meet Georgie, and uh, who is Rico's older sister, who's just obsessed with mates. Yes. Yes. And this is where we also find out that Shorter, how he summoned Lukoa, and mm-hmm. we get to see some Faf and Takia bonding, which we do love. It is. It is very nice. They have. They just have such a nice dynamic. Yeah. I don't know. It's they're. I could quite happily watch a spinoff of just the two of them. Same. Yeah, like, I would be very entertained watching them prepare for Comic-Con and, you know, play video games and go on little adventures around town. <gasps> you know what what, what what would be so good? What? If Takia and Faf went back to the magic world and uh, Takia went as, like, a, a learnt to be, like, a human and a hu- he learned to be a human. Uh, he learned to, like, you know, acquire swords and stuff. And they were like went through their their adventure video game that they always play with each other. But mm-hmm. they were doing it in real life, and it was like a, the plundering oafs of <laughs> Faf and Takia going through and like 
I don't know, a dungeon together. That would be great. That would be great. Or even on that same note, it's like the daily lives of high school boys, but instead the daily lives of Fafnir and Takia. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be game. Just give yes. it to me. Yes. That freaking him, uh, Faf in the park learning how to do the jump over and over again. Yep. <laughs> yep. Perfect. So, and then Fafnir's dragon does not match him and everyone else's at all. No. Like, I I found it oddly adorable in a way, even though it's ugly, it was oddly adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, and then we have episode seven, which is the beach episode. So, standard beach episode things, like smiley, smiley, small and tiny swimsuits. Yep. And Especially with Lukawa. Yep. But I love how the lifeguard just yeets her off the beach. It's like, that's inappropriate. Yep. And sunscreen applications. Yep. And swimming races. Yeah. And then Comic-Con also happens that episode as well. Which Comic-Con I, was fun. Yeah. And I feel bad for Faf because I would absolutely purchase a book of curses. Although the way they blurred those pages, I wonder if it was actually curses. Uh, I, I would still... I don't know if I... Well, I'd have to see the book. But depending on what that was blurring, (laughs) there is a chance that I may still purchase it. Because anybody that is sitting there and there's queues of people surrounding them and there's one person that's not selling anything always makes me incredibly curious as to what they're selling. Yeah, I mean... And plus, you know they had to have worked hard on whatever they're selling. Yeah. So, you know, support the small creator. Yeah. And I would have taken Even him if as you an might incredible need to, cosplayer. Like, perform a, do what? I would have taken him as an incredible cosplayer as well, so. Yeah. Even though he wasn't cosplaying. But it looked like he was. Not only that, but Toru's growth in this episode as well was good. Yeah. And also the fact that we find out that there's more magical beings in the world. <laughs> yeah, and them running away from her and then stealing her storyline. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I expect that to come back in season two. Yeah. Like, they go to Comic-Con again, and then they just see a story about a dragon maid, and she's like, son of a bitch. And they're like, wow, you're an incredible cosplayer. It's like, um, actually. Also, back to episode two, and Kana (laughs) calling Miss Kobayashi names. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) That was the thing? Yep. Oh, I did not expect them to just go ham- with that, like they did. <laughs> yeah. There was no censoring. There was no bleeping. No. Just ham. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then episode eight, we meet Alma. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and we meet Alma and we get arguing and Alma being really silly when she gets trapped into another dimension. And Toru getting jealous. And also, where the hell does Alma, t- Alma live? Like... She doesn't have a paycheck for a month, and Kobayashi's just like, oh, cool, sucks to be you, I'll buy you a thing for some food. There you go, you have a steam bun or whatever it was. She's at a manga cafe. Oh, yeah. I'm just bullshitting, but that's the only thing I could think of. (laughs) Yeah, just at a manga cafe, just stays there the entire time. I mean, you know, on like a lease plan type thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like how internet cafes will like allow you like free time until you get a job or Lyft will give you like three weeks of free rides until you get a job until you can afford to be paid. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just talking out of my ass. Maybe. 
It's quite impressive that you can talk out of your ass. I can only talk out of my mouth. It's a real talent. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> uh, uh, episode nine, sports day. Such a cute episode. Super cute. And some major growth from Kobayashi here. Mm-hmm. Generational growth. Because it, it speaks of her not having a sport. Like, her parents not coming to her sports days. And then her reflecting mm-hmm. and going to Kana's. It's really cute, though. It really is. Also, Kana being a little shit <laughs> about it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. But also, it's fun yeah. growth from everybody. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and... Rico, when she trips on the race and is, like, gonna cry and kind of mm-hmm. saving the day. That was really adorable. Um, Although, I kind of wanted to see Kana, like, go all out. <laughs> yeah. Like, just to win. Like, other person's getting ready to cross the tape and Kana just, <laughs> boom. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, uh, I was half expecting, you know, in um, The Incredibles, where I think it's at the end of the first movie, Dash is in a running race and his parents are like run faster no not that fast second come second you remember (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was kind of half expecting that to happen when i watched it that's what came back in my brain but i like how she did it like just enough to barely win Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i feel like it's such a slap in the face to the other person yeah and then what was that there was that one joker is like world's best and shota had to go and find it and he brought oh, back Oh, world class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he brought Luca. Oh, my goodness. And, and the he, judge was his like, teacher accepts yep. it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just tropes. Tropes just everywhere. Absolute tropes. That was, yeah. That's all that was, was just tropes. It was just trope after trope. What else happened that episode? I think that was it. I yeah. think it's all just sports festival. Mm-hmm. So then in episode 10, we have Christmas play on steroids. So, it's such a fun episode. It is, yeah. So Toro gets asked um, when she goes to visit the shopping district from one of the um, shop seller folk merchants there who has injured himself if she can gather some people together and put on an, some kind of like entertainment performance thing for the old folks home because he was going to do it, but he injured himself. And so she accepts and gathers all of the other dragons and some side characters as well. And they decide that they're going to put on a version of the Little Match Girl um, story, which is, uh, I assume, a Japanese fairy tale, folk tale, because I haven't heard it before. I feel like it's been brought up in other anime Mm -hmm. before. But for some reason, I also feel like the Little Match Girl is a real thing. Because the story sounds familiar. Like, it struck me outside of just this whenever I watched it. But oh, I yeah. can't quite place where. No, I wouldn't be surprised if it's actual, like an actual folktale or fairy tale or whatever. But it's not one. I could see it being like an English folktale from like how it's set and done. The Little Match Girl is a literary fairy tale by Danish poet and author Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, okay. It's Hans Christian Andersen. Okay. I don't know why I haven't heard that one. It... Uh, if it's Danish, it's probably not in this book. It was first published in 1845 and has been adapted in various media, including animated, live action, and VR films, as well as television musicals. Yeah. So I knew the story sounded really familiar, but I know it's been used in anime a couple of different times, but outside of that, the story just sounded familiar. Yeah, it's it's not one that I am familiar with, but... Uh... I'm not super familiar with all Hans Christian Andersen. I'm more familiar with the Grimm 
Williams Brothers stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, specifically British fairy tales, because those are the ones that I grew up with. Like St. George of Merry England and, you know, Jack the Giant Killer. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So, yeah. But not only do they put on this play, no, 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 no. They go like magical powers putting on this play and the old people in the crowd are like is that the new cgi yeah (laughs) and it's so adorable i about spit my drink whenever that happened because i forgot that even occurred and uh it just took me off guard yes but it's very very cute and they add in things of just like complete random it's like it turns into a final fantasy game Almost. And magical girls and old I don't know. It was it was like you gave you and me a piece of paper and we're like, here, come up with an anime idea and we just let ADHD run free. Yes. Yeah, it was very much an ADHD uh word vomit put into a mm-hmm. play. Not only that, but them building a chimney inside Miss Kobayashi's house. <laughs> yeah. For Santa to come through, putting up neon signs, and then Miss Kobayashi coming back and then putting in more neon signs. Yeah. And then uh, and then Miss Kobayashi trying to sneak in and give kind of the present right at the very end of the episode. And she wakes and up. Then, Yep, and so she's there for hours hiding beside the bed because Kana's still awake, just sitting there smoldering. Oh, that was really cute. It was. It was such a good episode. Mm -hmm. And then episode 11, New Year's. Yeah, so they win a kotatsu from the shopping district, which I wish. And that becomes like a main main plot line for the next four episodes, including the OVA. They're just like always using it. And they also have their first shrine visit. So Kana and Toru get dressed up in... My brain is gone. Kimono? Thank you. Kimonos. <laughs> my brain just went. And yeah, they celebrate New Year's. They uh, go out to the shrine, have some good bonding moments. I don't know. It's just kind of a really sweet little episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and then in episode 12 is the Omorais situation, the Omorais. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, which is a whole thing. Still trying to feed her tail to Kobayashi. Yep. Then not only just her tail, but goes to the other world and gets, like, what are the best ingredients? And they're always blood. And, yep. Why are they like, blood? Can, I, don't, I don't know. Like, is it censored for us? Or is that how it actually is in Japan? Like, they do that anyway, just for giggles? I think I think it's censored for everybody for giggles. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know, I mate. Think, I think the joke is that it's censored. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. But I don't think it should be ranked at a PG-13 then. Um, <laughs> R. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's really cute. And and you get to see... Um, well, what's cute about it is Kobayashi being like on the train. Well, I should have just said that her omurice is normally really good. And then obviously she never gets to because, yeah. It's gross. Next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And this episode 12 is also when we get to see their drunken meeting. And um, we also get to learn about Toru's first interaction with a human or a bandit. Um, and her learning about maids for the first time and wanting to be somebody's maid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in episode 13, Toru's dad visits. Well, he doesn't just visit. He's like... <laughs> 
Come, child. Come, You're come. coming home. I'm taking you home. You must not interfere with the workings of this world. And I'm like, you just opened a giant portal and destroyed someone's home. So, and like hit a human, broke the glasses. I'm pretty sure you're the one who's interfering at the moment. Like, he could have killed Miss Kobayashi and he just like laser beamed her glasses off. Yeah, burnt the side of her face. It, Rude. Yeah, fucking jerk. Yeah, so mean. And then uh, they go have a fight and then Miss Kobayashi enters the realm that they're on on Kana's back and is like hey dude have faith in your daughter that she's not gonna fuck shit up and he's like I don't approve but leaves anyways I'm like okay fine you just said that to save face yeah it's just like typical anime happy ending yeah and then did you watch the OVA I watched it the first time I watched it. I did not watch it this time. Mm -hmm. So uh, episode 14 is just like Valentine's and Hot Springs trip. Valentine's episode gets a smidgen weird when uh, Kobayashi gets um, fed chocolates that Toru has um, supposedly put Mandrake, Mandragora in. Which in this realm, I think, wait, just is Ma- Mandragora in, in this realm is a love potion thing. I don't know. Um, but then uh, uh, she eats it when she's with Kana and um, then has to leave because she's feeling things that she shouldn't be feeling. And then goes into her room and then it's revealed. Uh, big joke. It was actually just alcohol the whole time. And she's drunk. And I'm like, hey, yeah, it wasn't funny. I don't know. Like, that just made me feel weird that it wasn't actually a love potion. She was just drunk. Yeah, she was feeling those things towards kind of, I don't know, made me feel weird. Didn't like that section. But the hot spring section of the episode was really cute. Because I yeah, really liked um, Shota going to get his little dragon keychain and bonding with Takia. And them just having a good old amount of bro time and Takia on the train with them on the way back and stuff, confirming that him and Kobayashi are actual friends and not just work buds. I don't know. That was really cute. I liked that bit. Yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, in my opinion, there are a couple things that are awkward and uncomfy and um, I didn't particularly feel brought anything to the show and made me not entirely super happy about, but... Um, I know other people just saw them as jokes, so take that for what you will. It's my personal opinion. But the animation was really cool. I like the animation a lot. The What did you think of the OP and ED? I like them. I wasn't just in love with them or anything, but I liked them. Mm-hmm. They were good. Yeah, I feel the same way. They fit the show. Mm-hmm. Also, again, just the animation in the OP with the, like, just those few scenes. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Just Kyoto being Kyoto in those moments. Yeah. I I think this is a really, like, chill show to watch to just enjoy if you want to have, like, a couple... If you have a couple minutes and you want to just chuck something on, I feel like this is a decent show to watch for that. Yeah, it's something you can definitely watch casually, not necessarily something to binge. Mm-hmm. Although you can binge it. Like, it's not a hard binge, but it's definitely better kind of taking an episode at a time. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I have to admit that Kobayashi and Takia would be a fantastically easy cosplay. Uh, yes. 100%. Just wear a button-down, a yellow tie, and khakis, and you're covered. Yeah, and Takia button-down, the blue stripy tie, and khakis. Yep. Good to go. I have future con ideas. Yeah, easy-peasy, um, cosplay. Uh, I don't know. I, like, yeah, I, it's, uh, 
six for me. I it's yeah, just a few moments that were like eh, that really uh, were a thing, and then others that were really fun and really cute and really sweet, very tropey. Yeah, I just just when you compare it to something like Your Lie in April, it doesn't hold up in the same way, but it's kind of not supposed to. I don't know. You know what I mean? I like how that's your standard of measurement. Well, it's like, that's what we consider a 10 on the podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, that is true. It is. But even holding it up to, like, daily lives of high school boys, I laughed out loud so much more with that than with this. I'm surprised you didn't hold that to Tanaka-kun. Tanaka-kun, to me, is like a whole different... That's like its own bubble. If I find something to compare to Tanaka-kun, then (laughs) that's... Well, I mean... You know, with that being like the top of the comedy standard, though, yeah. like you would think you would hold it to that instead of the do. Daily Lives of High School Boys, unless it's better than the Daily Lives of High School Boys, but it's not on the level of Tanaka Koo. Uh, you have like a tiered list of shit you have to put it up against. I think it's probably on Are You Lost's realm for me. I think it's just as tropey, just as like weirdly sexual in weird ways, like in that one scene of um, Are You Lost where they were like, given each other enemas to survive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, weirdly sexual. I feel like it fits along there. This is just has those a few moments of, like, actual creepy that I'm not keen on. So, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm putting it on kind of that level. Daylight High School Boys, Tanaka Kun are both better, in my opinion. I would definitely put it a notch above Are You Lost, but still nowhere near on the level of either of those. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, I'd probably give it like a six and a half-ish, give or take. Mm-hmm. Because abs- OP's good, ED's good, like the moments of humor in it are phenomenal. It does have those kind of, you know, weird, cringy, creepy bits. Yeah, but the main three characters are absolutely adorable. I understand why they are so loved. Oh yeah, like just the main trio is just a staple in new gen anime. Yeah, 100%. And it's easy to understand why they're lovable they're relatable with their amounts of growth. Yeah. They're, and just the interactions they have. They're goofy, they're silly, they're funny, they're very cute. Mm-hmm. You can make some really, really good cosplays out of them. They're kind of check all the boxes. Oh yeah, 100%. So I can I can definitely see the appeal to the show. And again, I enjoyed it whenever I watched this. That's why I suggested covering it just as light stuff to kind of get us through before we do the first two seasons of my hero yeah the week after next so you know just some easy and chill yeah and i definitely you know enjoyed the vast majority of what i watched for it that that everything i think that's everything cool so you can find the lovely blue lavender on twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender she does not stream now she may get back to it at some point who knows she also has an Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM, where she posts life updates, art updates, fun stuff like that. And she also has an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the Best Tilly Bean, where if you like doggo photos, that's the place to go because Bean is definitely Best Bean. <laughs> yeah, and if you like Brad and you like hearing his voice, his opinions, that kind of stuff, you can hang out with him on his Twitch streams at brad carter gaming he's also brad carter gaming on instagram so you can check him out there as well he also runs our instagram and twitter for the podcast at bnb anime so you can check us out on all social medias under that handle we also have a youtube channel which is at bnb anime as well with all of our previously archived episodes some handy dandy thumbnails and stuff like that is all on there so be sure to check that out leave us some messages in the comments let us your, let us know your opinion
opinions because like I've said before and I will keep saying it until we gain some qualifications, we have none at the moment and we are just two idiots who are fans of anime who like to share our opinions because we're loud and obnoxious. So be sure to share yours as well. Let us know if you agree or disagree and why. And yeah, let's get some conversations going because like I said, like I have some pretty strong opinions on this anime. I've had some pretty strong opinions on animes in the past. I want to know if you agree, disagree, what you think. Um, because I always like to try and open my own mind and uh, the only way to do that is by talking to other people with differences of opinion. So let's hear them in those comment sections. You can also recommend future animes for us to watch or um, second seasons of things as well and uh, answer any questions that we may have asked throughout the podcast episode as well. So be sure to put those all in the sec in the comments section or hit us up in those DMs if you feel like it. We uh, also have a website, which is at www.bnbanime.com where we have all of our previously archived episodes with links to your favorite listening platforms for easy downloads. We also have background information on both Brad and I, links to our voice acting stuff, behind the scenes, friends of the podcast, all that kind of stuff is on the website. So be sure to check that out as well. That it? That's that everything? it. Cool. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, The Devil is a Part-Timer, mm -hmm. season one. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is a phenomenal comedy slash rom-com type anime. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a great time. The evil ruler overlord devil person gets transported to modern day japan and has to become a part-timer working at mcdonald's or mcdonald's <laughs> it's it's glorious it's a great time you get to deal with all the shenanigans it's wonderful so you look forward to that for next week but until then we'll catch y'all next time Bye bye, bye.